All right, Runner's High family, we are back this week with episode number five of our What's Inside the Box podcast, a show on all things running related. We have a very special guest joining us today, one of America's most promising middle distance stars and former Monmouth University graduate, Allie Wilson. Allie is currently ranked 16th in the world in the 800 meters, according to World Athletics rankings. With PRs of 158.09 in the 800, 4.04 in the 15, and 4.26 in the mile, Allie will be banging on the door of making an Olympic team this summer with Paris fast approaching. So this one was really special. Allie is such a warm personality and truly is one of the nicest athletes in our sport. After we jumped off, we both chatted a bit and laughed about how we forgot that we were even recording. We chatted about her experience growing up in a running family, her time spent right down the road here at Monmouth University, her mindset when it comes to racing at high level meets, her training leading into an Olympic year, and much more. I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. So without further ado, our conversation with Allie Wilson. Alrighty, Runners High family, we are here with the one and only Allie Wilson, uh, one of the United States top middle distance runners, and um, not to mention a Monmouth University alumni. Um, so let's let's go Hawks there. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Allie, thank you so much for uh, for taking some time out of your busy schedule um, and joining us this morning. Of course, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So. Um, you know, some of the listeners might know you from your days at Monmouth, you know, in West Long Branch here down the road. Uh, but I'm super excited to, to introduce you to uh, to those that don't and, and to introduce your story to those that don't. So um, I always like to start at like the origin point. Um, you know, so you grew up in Pennsylvania. Do I have that correct? In Delco? Yes. Yep. Delco. Delco born Delco and raised. Delco baby, yep. Yeah, it, people from Delco have have some Delco pride. I feel like I know a couple people from out that way. Um, we do, we do, yes. Yeah, which I guess New Jersey, you could say the same. So, yeah. um, uh, I really, I, I know, I don't know if people have told you this. I consider you adopted New Jerseyan, though. You know, from spending your time down here uh, or out here, I should say. Honestly, you're um, not the first person who has told me that. Yeah. Uh, I I always well first of all my mom is from New Jersey, my dad's from PA. I grew up, I lived in PA my whole life. But yeah, we I always did feel like I had some Jersey in me because of her like all of our relatives live in New Jersey, so it's yeah. like it's in there somewhere and I and I got to live there for a few years and I really enjoyed it. So Yeah. Delco's not too far. Yeah, yeah no, we no. can claim you as our own. We can claim you as our own. <laughs> our own. So um well, like I said, I always like to start with people's like origin stories because I find it so fascinating. Um, so from from your story, like when did you first find running um, and when did you first like fall in love with the sport? Uh, good question. If, so... if you're in love with the sport, if you're in love with the sport. <laughs> <laughs> so I would so I'm the third of four kids in my family. I had two older sisters. I have a little brother, but. Pretty much whatever my older sisters did, I did too. And my oldest sister, we, we all played soccer. And one of her teammates' parents had told my parents, like, wow, like Val's really fast. You should sign her up for CYO track. Mm-hmm. And then, they, long story short, they signed her up. Like, the, her first year running, she won the championships, the city championships in 800. And then, like, we all just followed suit and, like, all did it after her. Okay. Um, so, I, like... I didn't even really said that I didn't have a choice, but it was just kind of like everyone was just waiting until like I got to fourth grade so I could start to. And, and yeah. like there was no question what event I was doing. Like I was running. Obviously, I'd run like the eight by 50 and all those fun relays. Too right. The little kids races and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I was always in the four by eight with my sisters and running the 800 too. And so. Yeah, I've been a middle distance girl through and through since yeah. the birth of my starting to run. So Yeah. Well, that's um, awesome that you could share it with family and, and stuff like yeah. that, right? I mean, that just kind of yeah. adds to it. 
For sure. Um, and like even my my sister ran while I was in high school. Or she was a senior when I was a freshman in high school. So we were still okay. in the same relays and stuff. Our other nice, sister nice. took another path. She was throwing shot put. So it's a little, <laughs> she didn't laugh little as different. much as we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit different. That's too funny. Yeah. But maybe I missed uh, my calling by switching to shot put. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, trials are coming up. Maybe there's still opportunity to qualify. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, but from from the get go, did you really? I mean, obviously, you identified as a runner. It sounded like you just kind of jumped right in. Was there always this like passion for it, or was it kind of something? Like I know for myself, like I kind of casually started it when I was younger, had no idea what time is meant, had no idea, like I couldn't tell you what my mile PR was in eighth grade or but even before that. Um, yeah. But was it something that you like loved right from the beginning or was it something that it took a little bit of time to kind of cultivate? So that's a that, that's a really good question. I feel like I've never been asked that before, actually. Okay, but, right. <laughs> uh, I definitely didn't always love it. Um being I like I loved like growing up I played soccer from when I was like four years old all the way through high school mm -hmm. so I think like soccer was like my love and then running is just like what I would do for like the spring season mm -hmm. and I like I've always had like a little bit of a love-hate relationship with running I feel like everyone does to some extent yes. like I feel mm -hmm. like if you only love it then like maybe something's wrong <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, definitely, it's, definitely. It's so hard. Like you've got yes. to hate it a little bit. Yeah, um, there's so but, many mornings where I wake up and I'm just like, no, like no, I don't want to yes. do this. But <laughs> but we you know. always do it anyway. We keep yes. coming back for more. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gluttons for punishment. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, yeah, I definitely like. I would dread my races when I was little. Like I just, I, I cared so much, but I would get so nervous and I, mm -hmm. I wanted to win so bad. I was so competitive. So like, I did like love that aspect of it, but it also was like, uh, like I'm so stressed. Like even when I was like nine years old, I was like, this is so stressful. Right. <laughs> but I feel, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like I always identified more as just like an athlete. Like I never mm, necessarily mm -hmm. felt like I was like strictly a runner. I mm -hmm. I always played all my other sports. I also swam like, and yeah. So only once I went to, yeah, once I went to college was when the first time in my life I was strictly a runner. Strictly and I think okay. that was kind of like weird for me, but then I really embraced that. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, like I do cross country now. I run mm -hmm. all three seasons and then, yeah, I saw like the beauty and like just being a runner and and yeah, I, I have grown to really love it and it, it's definitely like who I am at this point. So sure, but yeah, sometimes I think I just, that's a yeah. really. <laughs> Don't I, I think that's like a really important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that's natural, right? I mean, I feel like that's um, like you said. I think if someone loves it a hundred percent of the time, then something might be a little off, you know? Um, yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're like, you all right? Um, <laughs> I think that's a really important lesson, though, because I feel like from a youth perspective, like uh, even in the shop, like we get a lot of like kids or parents that come in and, and it's like super serious at that age, mm -hmm. uh, like at a younger age. And it's like, like, you know, I don't obviously I'm not going to tell someone how to parent their kid or anything like that. But I'm like, you may want to have them do a bunch of different stuff, you know, in addition yeah. to running, you know, just to kind of be a little bit more diversified and see what they see what they love, you know. So for sure, yeah, um, I totally agree. Yeah, we're always trying do to learn the, lessons. Do the, all the fun stuff as long all as the you fun can. Stuff. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> just make sure like, that running isn't like a punishment for them. You know what I mean? I yes. feel like that can get a little, yeah, a little rough with other sports. Exactly, and like running is something you can do your whole life. So it's mm -hmm. like, I feel like. I mean, there's like rec leagues for other sports like soccer and volleyball too as you get older, but I just feel like mm -hmm. running is something anybody can pick up at any point in their life. So it's like, mm -hmm. do all like the team sports while you can. Right, right. While and you have the you opportunity. And you can focus on yeah. your running the rest of your life. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have a note. I wanted, to, I wanted to just pick your brain a little bit on um, about like progression, right? Like I think, you know, you like you have a long history in the sport. Um, you know, obviously you, you had very competitive in, in high school. Um, you know, when you came out of the Delco area, like obviously you were recruited. It wasn't something where you came out running like 205 or anything like that. Right. So what, no. I guess for starters, what, what, 
what did you come out of high school running in the in the 800? So my open PR was 211. Okay. I had split 210 for my last race of my high school career, which I was okay. pretty hype about. Um, right. And I don't know what I ran. I ran 502 in the mile. Mm-hmm. And I want to say like, I only ever did the four by four, but I'd split like maybe 57. Um, okay. So I feel like I was definitely good. Like I was a good mm-hmm. runner, but I wasn't like heavily recruited or like sure. the most sought after athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but so. I think that really proves that like, you know, even at that next level, like individuals can still progress, right? And still, um, you know, come out be- and making it a career and a profession. Um, yeah. You know, so oh, for for, sure. for you, like, where was that turning point? Like, was it midway in college, um, you know, where you felt like you took these huge, like, leaps? You know, it sounded like you were doing a bunch of different sports in high school, even having that success. And mm-hmm. then once you got to college, it was, like, strictly running. Was that the point where that kind of turned a little bit for you? Yeah, so my first two years of college... Anybody who's going to listen to this, who's listened to other podcasts I've been on, I, I like always feel bad because I'm like, I always tell the same stories, but my story is my story, so I can't change it. <laughs> right. If it's out I there, it's, 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 yeah. it's public domain. It's it's known, you know? <laughs> Maybe I should just start coming up with a different one for every time. Right. I'll, I'll work on it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But basically, yeah, my first couple years of college, like, I didn't even improve. I was right around where my PRs were in high school, mm-hmm. but um, really, like, going into college, my main goal was, like, I want to break 210 and 800. Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, all I wanted to do. And my first two years, I feel like I was running just, like, I mean, a, a wide range of times, but, like, the mm-hmm. best I was running was, like, 211, 212. Mm-hmm. And the mile I was running maybe f- right around the five O's. Um, and then I think I broke five actually my sophomore year. So that was exciting. I ran 456. Mm-hmm. And then my, but I just like, I wasn't taking it as seriously as I could have been. And mm-hmm. I got in some, a little bit of fights with my coach because he kept being like, you need to take this more seriously. And I'd be like, what are mm-hmm. you talking about? Like, I am taking it seriously. I wasn't right, right. like I thought <laughs> right. I was, but I was still young. Like I was like, yeah, sure. I, I show up to practice. I work hard. Like, what more do you I'm want here. from me? Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're doing so, then, uh, uh, Coach Joe um, pool sessions at six or seven a.m. in the morning. Yes, I also yeah. got in a lot of trouble with those because I always overslept. I was right. <laughs> I was the problem child, but it's fine. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So basically, then my junior year, I. Oh, yeah. My coach and I had had, like, a pretty big discussion about, like, how mm-hmm. I need to take things more seriously or else, like, I probably, like, wouldn't be on the team much longer. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, I was determined to prove to him, like, I am going to show you. Like, I can right. be so fast and whatever. Right. <laughs> and so I started to make better choices. And then I had, like, this breakthrough cross-country season, which, like, to anyone else would have just been, like, a very mediocre cross-country season. But to me, mm-hmm. I had ran a lot faster than I had, and I was really excited about it. I felt different. I felt like I was improving. Like, I was running very, like, efficiently and more mm-hmm. effortlessly than I ever had. And I was getting really excited. Torello was getting really excited. And then uh, right after that cross-country season, I broke my foot. And mm-hmm. then I ended up missing that whole year um, because – of my broken foot. So then like mm-hmm. I kind of spiraled because of that. Like I was just like, it was really upsetting. Cause I like saw what was like about to happen. And then it like all mm-hmm. got taken away from me. So I like really felt like in, if I didn't have that like moment of like, I'm going to be really good at this to hold on to, mm-hmm. I think I probably would have ended up quitting and never running mm-hmm. again. But mm-hmm. instead I was so determined to get back to where I was. I was like, that was so cool. Like I was running so fast. I was like, I, I was really excited about my track season. I knew I was going to break 210. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like swimming my butt off. Like I got really <laughs> out of shape because I didn't run for like nine months. I ended up having to have surgery on my foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it felt like a disaster at the time, but I was just holding on to this hope of like, I saw something in me and my coach saw something in me we had never seen before. Mm-hmm. So I was just like working really hard and 
and it sucked. Like I had to sit sit out and like watch everyone else run, and I just like, you know, it's so hard being injured and mm-hmm. anyone going through that. Like we've all been there, and it and it does suck. Like but mm-hmm. you just got to embrace the suck sometimes, and just right. like push, keep pushing through. Like you'll get to the end of it, and you'll come out better because of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so then I got to my senior year, and I'm like so so out of shape. Like I only had just started running like a couple weeks before we got back from preseason, like, and I, it was rough. Like I was in the back of every workout. Like I was so slow, so out of shape, but I just like kept chipping away and I was like, I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back. And then by the end of that cross country season, I felt like I had gotten back to where I was the year before. So it took a mm-hmm. whole year, but I was back to where I like was wanted to be. And then, like, that was, like, my breakthrough year. I Like, every single race. It was, like, the, the dream season everyone always, mm-hmm. like, wants to have. Like, every single sure. race I was improving. And so, yeah, that year, I think I brought my time down from 2.11 from high school to 2.04. And mm-hmm. that was the first year I made it to regionals. I made it out mm-hmm. to Eugene for NCAAs. And, yeah, that was, like, my real breakthrough year. And it was just nice to see that like i i knew something was there and i saw it and like mm-hmm. no one else really could attest to that except for myself and my coach mm-hmm. really but like to actually have all those things come true that like i felt like was about to happen was like the best thing that could have ever happened and then i ended up getting my eligibility back came back from my fifth year and mm-hmm. that was like an even better year and it was just really fun. So yeah. like I always say my my broken foot was a blessing in disguise. It right. got me to where I am. Like if it hadn't happened I I don't even know what I'd be doing right now. So Yeah. I um I I don't mean to to put you on the spot but a couple of our uh our uh Dana and Meg on staff with us, they obviously were your teammates for a couple of years. <laughs> yes. So the broken foot was it from running or was there a specific uh, or was there a little uh <laughs> something with a pool and a jump into the pool or something okay. else was, was... <laughs> so there's sort of two parts to the broken foot mm-hmm. initially i broke my foot like pretty much over christmas break but like it had been like a long it started like the end of november and i think i just like ran on it until it broke for the next month and so mm. we got back for um like our winter session when like school's still out and we just train whatever it's so fun like our first workout. Oh, that's back, the best had, time, by the way. It's the best oh, it's time. The best. Like, just, I would do all you do is train for like two again. or three weeks, and that's it. <laughs> uh oh, I think I lost you. Hello. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what just it's happened. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see you or hear you anymore. And, uh, uh, it's yeah, okay. <laughs> it's They're probably there right now, and I'm so jealous. But <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we had this one workout where like, I forget, we were ending with 200s and I was running so weird. Like my foot hurt so bad. I was like twisting my foot because we're running Mm. on indoor, like 200 meter flat track. And I'm like Mm -hmm. turning my foot to like, try to not make it hurt. I'm trying to run as fast as I can. We had one 200 left and I feel like we had done like 12 or something. And I just start sobbing and I was like, I can't do it. And everyone's mm. like, Allie, yes, you can. Like, we only have one more. And I was like, my foot hurts. And then <laughs> we, we went down to the trainer and the trainer took like this like little dinky x-ray of it just to like mm. rule out that it was broken. He was like, oh, no, it's broken. Like, <laughs> mm. So that the initial like stress fracture was from running. Mm-hmm. But then it just like was the longest process ever. It would not heal. Mm. We tried everything. So basically by like May, I want to say, I had gotten cleared to run. They they basically said like it's not all the way healed, but there's like a very small chance of anything happening. You should be fine. So I had started running. I even actually ran a 1500 at Swarthmore, like the last mm-hmm. chance meet, uh, mm-hmm. which is where I live so or where I'm from. So it was like mm-hmm. cool to have like my one race of the year be there like right mm-hmm. before summer break. Um, and I think I ran like 454 in the 1500. So mm-hmm. just for reference. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but then, yeah. So basically going to Monmouth, like we all lived at these beach houses that mm-hmm. people like rented out to us that they weren't at during the school year um, and they would use in the summer. So 
our like landlord had opened up our pool and we we had access to it for like one week. And I don't actually think we were supposed supposed to go in it, but we were going in it. So um, basically I had run my race. I was all excited where school's out and we were like playing some games outside. And then mm-hmm. I jumped in the pool and like the bottom of the pool, the, the floor was like slanted and mm. the bone that was broken was like my outside, my outside of my foot left foot and so like uh-huh. i landed right on like like that that bone took all the impact oh. and it just like i it, the water was so cold too like it felt like an ice bath so i just like literally died in the water because oh. of pain like i was oh. like oh no like oh I, and i came out like hysterical everyone's like what just happened and i just like basically rebroke it um oh. so initially they had said like oh you don't need to go through with the surgery like it should heal and then mm-hmm. once i broke it in the pool we just went and did the surgery right away and i think that was the best thing i could have done because it was a way faster process i just like mm-hmm. got in got out and i was running in like a month so oh, wow. i kind of yeah. wished we had done that from the start but like the doctors obviously know way more than me and like they thought it should have healed it just like didn't so it was like kind of like a freak accident but <laughs> sure no so the the cannonball into the pool really was a blessing in disguise too yes exactly right? and yeah. i have that screw in my foot to this day so still okay all right yeah, yeah. still got some hardware to, to prove it yes um, exactly <laughs> that's too that's wild that's wild um just going back to what you said before with like you know pr- uh your progression and things like that it was just very interesting to me you know, you being one of like the top middle distance runners in the country, it's very interesting to me that you felt like a lot of your breakthroughs or big jumps happened in cross country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like it's just like an interesting take. You know, um, yeah, you I guess would think, I never really thought about it, but yeah, yeah. that is sort of weird. It's <laughs> kind of funny, yeah. yeah. And like anyone else who would have seen me, like I was probably coming in like a hundred and fiftieth in my races, <laughs> but I'm like so excited. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Well, I think even and we talked to um, we talked to Coach Bennett from Nike on one of our earlier episodes, and we talked a little bit about like those kind of like in college running in college is really really tough and it's one of those things that you have to have those like small like moral victories because like yes you know if you think about it probably i don't know what is it probably the top five percent of high school gets lumped into d1 and then if you're thinking about how competitive that is like again like you said like you could be a hundredth in a race and being like that was awesome like that was my best effort and things like that so it's like you have to be able to kind of take those like little wins where you can yes, in college exactly. for sure. Definitely. Um, I feel like I was really good at that too. So maybe that's mm-hmm. how I end up getting better. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that other people would just be like, that was not impressive. <laughs> like I'm right. like patting myself on the back. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's a good way to look at stuff, you know? So, um, yeah. but so, so at this point you're kind of, you're, you're having success late in college. Like at what point, this is always interesting. Uh, at what point did you feel like running professionally was like a possibility as like a, a career and like a reality for you? So definitely not until the end of my senior year. So again, I mm-hmm. did a fifth year, so it's kind of like my junior. Year. But um, mm-hmm. basically, Dylan Capwell, mm-hmm. my teammate from Monmouth, he. Like was another, he was a standout athlete, got second at NCAAs. He was being recruited. He was a year older than me. So mm-hmm. when we went to regionals my senior year, his fifth year, he was going to be talking to the coaches from Atlanta Track Club, Amy and Andrew Bagley. Mm-hmm. And basically they were like, they had mentioned to my coach like, oh, is Allie available too? Mm-hmm. And I feel like up until that point, I really didn't ever think about it or Mm -hmm. like it it was so far gone for me or I don't know like it was just like not a possibility at all that Mm -hmm. I was like all of a sudden once they wanted to meet with me too I was like oh like that's kind of cool and I was like so honored yeah yeah yeah. um so then like that day like they pretty much came to pick up Dylan and just like I just like got to introduce myself to them like before they left to go to their lunch and whatever because I don't think they were technically allowed to even like talk to me mm. or like recruit me yet they were just mm-hmm. like wanted to like say hi and whatever yeah drop a um, business card and plant yeah. the seed a little bit and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so yeah and at that point like that was at the regional meet so i ended up running 204 there but at that point my pr mm. was 205 so 
I guess I didn't know if that was fast enough, but I, I feel like I just hadn't even like thought about it like mm-hmm. until they had said something. And then I was like, oh, maybe I could do this after. Um, but mm-hmm. there was always doubts. Like, I don't know, like there's people who are breaking too or this or that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know. Like, is that, yeah. is 205 fast enough? And then, yeah, definitely my fifth year when I just continued to bring my time down, I was like, okay, like at the very least I can like, give it a shot after college and see what Mm -hmm. happens like for a year or two and maybe I'll continue to get better or maybe like, I don't know. So I was like definitely willing to like see because I felt like at that point, once I had run like 202, I like knew it was definitely a possibility. Whereas when I was Mm -hmm. running 205, I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I think I would have tried it either way, like whether Mm -hmm. or not I, I ended that season or the next year. But definitely once I brought that time down a little more, I I knew for Mm -hmm. sure that I it was worth a shot. That it was a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that not having that pressure in the back of your head might have helped, you know, with yeah. with kind of running faster. Cause if you feel like you're potentially running for a professional contract, like I don't know, that's a little bit of pressure, you know? Yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm very good at just like running. I feel like every coach I've ever had is like, you like really just turn your brain off and like <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, yeah. well, it's my superpower. <laughs> That's so funny. Cause I mean, the, so actually one of the, it brings me to like my next note that I have here. Like I definitely wanted to kind of talk a little bit about just like mental mindset, like when it comes to, to racing, right? Like you've raced at the highest levels, you know, in terms of, you know, us championships, the you know, Olympic trials, diamond leagues, um, you know, when you line up at some of these meets, um, you know, do you kind of think about how the race is going to play out? Are you thinking about, hey, who's on the line? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, getting to know you, like you're pretty laid back. Is it just something where it's like, no, this is just racing. Like, I just got to, you know, just go out and run, run my race. And, you know, how do you approach some of those like higher, higher uh, level races? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I just alluded to like when I'm racing, I'm good at kind of shutting my mind off beforehand yeah. is another story. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure, sure, sure. I like the honesty. I, am, I like the honesty. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot going on upstairs before race. Sure. But <laughs> um, yes, I'd be lying if I said I didn't know who's, who I'm lined up next to. Or mm-hmm. I think like the championships obviously are always going to stir up some emotions that other races are never going to. Um, so that's always like its own beast in itself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think like some people... I've heard of people who like don't like to hear who's in their race or like let's say at the championships like there we have three rounds um so mm-hmm. it's like sometimes people don't even want to know like who's in their rounds cuz they're like everyone here is fast like what's the difference mm-hmm. um but to me I like need to know I need every detail like mm-hmm. I like it it just like makes me feel better to go in feeling very prepared like mm-hmm. I could be lined up next to like the top five fastest girls in the world, but I want to know that before. Sure. Right. right, right. And, and like, I feel like I used to approach it a little bit differently. Cause I used to be like, I still could definitely am an underdog and consider myself an underdog, but I used to be like, you know, when I was in college racing at USA's or whatever, like it's mm-hmm. like, I was so like, everyone was at such a higher level than me that it was like, it was just like so awesome. And like, fun to be out there like obviously it was scary too but like I would just embrace that and be like no one knows who I am like no mm-hmm. one's expecting me to do anything in this race so let's just see what I can do and I feel like I I just like continually was like surprising myself mm-hmm. um but now that I'm like kind of up there with those girls like I, that's where I I don't know like my mindset I'm still working on like I don't mm-hmm. know what the best approach is um but I feel like Every race, I just go into it knowing, like, I am a contender. Mm-hmm. And if we knew the outcome of this race, like, already, then we wouldn't even be running it, like, for sure. the championships, let's say. Like, mm-hmm. if we already if, – if they just – yeah, if ever if everyone knew for sure who was gonna win, we wouldn't even run this race. So right, it wouldn't just, even line that, up. Yeah, yeah, that always gives me peace of mind. Like anything can happen. Um, my friend. Bianca, she like works with me a lot on my mindset. Mm-hmm. She's like mm-hmm. a guru with stuff like that. And she like always tells me like leave room for the possibility of like something can happen because mm-hmm. it always can. And um, so I feel like that's something I always try. Like I'm always going to be nervous and, you know, freaking out a little bit before even any race. Like my coach thinks it's hilarious. Like it could be the smallest race 
Small, I could be in like a, a high school race and I'll be right, so right. nervous. <laughs> right. Even when I'm pacing, he's like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you so nervous? Well, pacing is tough too because <laughs> yeah. then you have someone else's expectations, I feel exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's I just want to do pressure. a good job. Yeah. Right. So I just feel like there's always so there's always so many things that can go right, but there's also always so many things that can go wrong that like mm-hmm. I'm trying to prepare for everything and make sure. Um, so I definitely think through all sorts of scenarios. But once I'm out there, I mm-hmm. feel like, the second the gun goes off, I know I'm always going to give it my all. And I feel like mm-hmm. to me, that's all that really matters. Like whether I come in first or last, like I like to come in first. I like to right, make, right. make a team or whatever mm-hmm. it is I'm trying to do. But if I put my best foot forward and it wasn't enough, then there's nothing else you can do. So yeah, that no, is a mean- peace of mind. You, you, you have us all fooled because you're calm, cool, and collected uh, when you're out there. So the pre-race, uh, yeah, you hide it well. So <laughs> I always try to give a smile and a wave. I'm like, exactly, all right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah. So we were talking a bit before about, you know, kind of progression and you're bringing your times down. So, you know, I think um, there's definitely, you know, similar to on uh, with the mile, you know, I think, uh, you know, there's like, on the men's, it's like that four-minute barrier, right? On the women's, it's like that 4.30 barrier. I kind of equate mm-hmm. those two very similar. But in the 800, you know, on the women's side, it's really like that two-minute barrier. It's it's really something different when you can start saying that your fastest time starts with a one versus a two. Um, yeah, that's a fun day. That's a fun day. So let's <laughs> let's like kind of revisit that a little bit. So, I mean, at this point, you've smashed the two-minute um barrier with you know your, your pr one fifty eight oh nine, um mm-hmm. but let's kind of like roll back a little bit to like the first time that you had like broken two and when you were like chasing that kind of like milestone um time yeah so this definitely is gonna be another long-winded story i'll try to summarize it but it's all good we got um... time we got time <laughs> Basically, yeah. So when I got to Atlanta, um, I had one indoor season and then the pandemic started. So I didn't get to compete again until the following outdoors. So it was a lot of just like I had just moved to a new city, Mm -hmm. a lot of like uncertainty, like questioning if I was making the right choice. Like, what am I doing this for? Like, I'm so far away from my family. I can't, like, I think it was a really bad time to move to a new city and be so far from my family. Like, I like, I just felt like if I could, like, toop up and be with my family and, like, then I would have been different during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I was just, like, I felt, like, a little bit isolated. Like, I was just, like, going out and I couldn't even run with my teammates. I couldn't meet with my coaches. Like, I was just, like, running aimlessly, like, mm-hmm. not even knowing what for or when, when our next race would be or opportunity. And... So that was like a really weird time. It was definitely hard. I know it was hard for everyone, but definitely like being in that situation was just mm-hmm. tough to navigate. Um, Sounds like a lot of transitions and then yeah, add a global pandemic was. on top of it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, not it wasn't easy. great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, so then like the, ne- the next year, um, yeah, we went to like our team camp in the f- uh, in January, so beginning of the year. And then uh, we actually started racing pretty early that year. I want to say like, middle to end of March. So that was like very early for us, but because it had been like over a year since we had mm-hmm. raced, like we were all just like have had no idea what to expect. We were just eager to get out there. And my coach kept telling me like at that camp in Florida, he was like, "Oh, you're going to break 2 this year. You're going to break 2 this year." And I was, at this point my PR was 2027. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like like he's definitely right, right, just right. like tell me what I want to hear, but right. sure, you can say it. Like, sure, I'll yeah, it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just gonna like I'm very like realistic with like stuff mm-hmm. like that. So like it just didn't make sense to me at the time. I was like, I want to break two o two. Like I mm-hmm. I take things like one little tiny thing at a very time. Incrementally, I'm like, sure. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like if I I hope you're right, but I also have so many things I need to do before that. I didn't even have the Olympic trial standard yet. Mm-hmm. So basically, like, started our season off at running in Austin. And that race, like, it was, like, great conditions to run. But we ended up getting held up for a really long time before we raced. So, like, it had been, like, 40 minutes since we warmed up by the time mm-hmm. we raced. So I, I ended mm-hmm. up running 202 that day. And I was like, I just feel like I could have ran a lot faster if, I, if things had worked out better. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, a little bit, like – 
not angry, but I just like had this fire in me. Like I know I could have ran faster. And now like on paper, it just says 202, like whatever. Um, so I was like determined to run faster the next week. Um, we ended up running at a race just like that the track club was putting on in mm-hmm. Atlanta. And I ended up running two flat point seven, I think. Mm-hmm. So then that was like another big breakthrough of like, I knew it. Like I knew mm-hmm. it was going to happen. Right. Like. <laughs> So then I was like all excited because I got my Olympic trials qualifier and mm-hmm. like I didn't even know if I was going to get that. And that, I think that was 2025 or something. Um, mm-hmm. So I got got that out of the way. And then I was like, hmm, like now my coach is starting to really talk. He's like, oh, you might be running in Europe this summer. Like all this mm-hmm. stuff that I like never even thought was going to happen. And I was like, whoa. Sure. So I feel like after all that time of like all that work we'd been putting in, it was nice to see like, oh, like it was going mm-hmm. towards something. Like it felt like it wasn't. Um, and then I was like, okay, two flat seven. Like I'm still very far away from breaking two, but I was like, but now I can at least see what my coach is talking about. And, Mm -hmm. and now like we really didn't have much of a relationship before that because we had only had one indoor season together. So Mm -hmm. it was like, I, I didn't have full trust in him yet. And then Mm -hmm. that was like where our trust really began. I was like, whoa, like he knows what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, yeah. So that was exciting and then yeah the next couple races i feel like i don't really remember at this point it was a really long time ago but then i hit a point where i ran i was like trying to just get closer to two flat and i ran in california two flat point like one or something and i was like Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and i had another race that i was supposed to run that following week in california but my coach was I forget what was going on, but he was kind of thinking about just like leaving and not doing that race. And I was like, Coach, mm-hmm. I promise you, if we stay for that race, I'll break too. <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> he can't not he go at like, that point. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And he was like, Okay, you promise. And I was right. like, So now I'm like, Oh God, now I have to do it. Like, if I don't break too, that's good. Like, I ha- I'm, I like to keep my promises. I was like, Oh yeah. God, what do, what do I have to do to break it? Whatever. So I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, it was Mm -hmm. so unnecessary. But then that race, yeah, I was lined up next to all these girls who, like, had all these accomplishments and Mm -hmm. have been doing this for years. And, like, you know, Laura Muir, Gabrielle Mm -hmm. Stafford, uh, Elle Purrier. There were so many people. Um, Yeah, that's... Brenda Martinez, like... Quite the it, list. It just went on. And so sure. I was like going into this race being like, hmm, like what is my plan of attack here? But I was like, you know what? I I have a goal in mind. I can't sit around and race based off of what these girls are trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to see what happens. So I ended up taking that race. Um, there was a rabbit. So I had someone to follow for the first 400 meters. But now I'm the rabbit after she hops off for all these girls with all mm-hmm. these accolades. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. So I'm running for my <laughs> life. And, I, and I'm like looking at the clock because I feel like there was a clock at both ends. So it was mm-hmm. like I could see if I was like on pace to do it or not. With 200 meters to go, Laura Muir goes flying past me, like mm-hmm. like literally as if I'm standing still. And I was like, okay. <laughs> It's fine. Stay calm. Keep running. Like, and I just knew I was going to do it. I was like, just try to hold everyone off. And like, I think something good will happen. And I ended up running 159.6 or something. Mm. And I ended up getting second in that race. So that oh, was wow. like, yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought everyone was going to pass me. So I was just like waiting for it. And then I was like, huh, like I actually did pretty it didn't good. didn't happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And so then, like, I was so relieved because I was like, phew, like, I told Coach I'd do it. And I did, like, we stayed here all week for this. Um, So that was, like, a really fun day just to, like, really put my mind to something and do it and make it happen. Um, So, yeah, that season I had, like, a huge um, step in in my time as well. Were you more relieved relieved that you broke two or more relieved that you lived up to your promise and didn't have to uh deal with not breaking two and keeping everybody there for an extra meet (laughs) i honestly think i was more relieved to have kept my promise because i was like stressing about it yeah yeah yeah. that could have helped though too you know it kind of might have deferred some some attention and pressure that's too funny exactly yeah um so you had mentioned in that race like the list of 
competitors. Um, you know, I think I would love to just kind of get your take and feedback and like the landscape of the 800 meters on the women's side in the U S right now is probably one of the deepest, if not the deepest events. Um, you know, obviously we have the reigning Olympic champ in a thing, um, you know, Jersey Shore and, you know, U.S. legend uh, Ajay Wilson, the other A. Wilson. Um, <laughs> you know, we have, you know, Raven Rogers, who's very accomplished, um, you know, newcomers and like Nia Atkins and Sage, you know, Herta Klecker. And then, you know, you're right in that conversation. Like, how does it, how does it feel to be um, in that group of, of, um, you know, such an accomplished group of, of athletes. I, yeah, I don't even actually know. That's how we view you. (laughs) I don't know if that's how you view yourself, but. No, like I, I, I'm working on viewing myself that way, but I feel like it all, I mean, it's been a couple years at this point, but it all has happened so quickly that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I still like, don't really, I don't think it's really processed in me yet. Like what's Mm -hmm. going on. Um, but obviously, yeah, the 800 right now is very competitive. And I think like, I think I'm this right now ranked six out of the mm-hmm. U.S. or yeah, six for like the 800 U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm 16th in the world. So that means mm-hmm. we have six of the top 16 people in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's wild how That's how crazy. competitive it is here um and i feel like there's just every every second there's like someone else being added into the mix and mm-hmm. like it's just like i don't know there's it's really like exciting and it's awesome like to have like obviously people like a thing and ajay raven like raven also was like a, a medalist at the last mm-hmm. olympics and mm-hmm. um yeah they they are definitely like still inspiration to me um but it's kind of hard to like remember to like turn that switch off and be like but they're your competition like yeah yeah. you you need to like try to beat them like yeah it's it's just like hard to wrap your head around because it's like people like that it's like well how do you beat them like does anyone Mm. beat them (laughs) right right yeah but it's definitely um a cool time to be an 800 meter runner in this country and everyone is so supportive of each other mm. obviously we all want to beat each other when we're out there but afterwards everyone's always super nice we'll cool down together or whatever mm-hmm. so um yeah there's a I sense of like camaraderie it, which is great yeah, to hear it, it goes so much farther than just like what happens on that track so mm-hmm. um I'm going to continue to try to work on myself and get mm-hmm. faster so I can be more of a, a name up there too. Um, but yeah, it's definitely competitive. It's tough, but it's fun. And I yeah. mean, everyone's like helping each other elevate to that next level. So mm-hmm. it, I think it's it does a lot of good for us all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, obviously we'll talk a little bit about, you know, this this summer coming up and things like that. Um, but I was just thinking about like that f- potential field in general. And if I, I got to think like if they ran that final 10 times, I think you'd have 10 different outcomes. Like I feel like that's how deep of a race like the yeah. women's eight is going to be. Um, oh, 100%. You know, I think you could just it's a total crapshoot you know what i mean like i think you just try to prepare yourself to be in that in that conversation um but have you you know i kind of made a note in 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 this uh relation to this like have you played out that race in your head like thousands of times or is it something that you know you just haven't given much much thought to just yet i mean again calm cool and collected but like to be prepared you know (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah um I definitely have thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to like envision it because sometimes I feel like we only envision a race when it's like we're already a couple of days away from it. And it's like, mm-hmm. obviously, you have a better idea of what's going to be happening at that point in time. But but like your emotions are already so high and everything's like 
there's a lot going on when like you're already at that point in time. So I've been trying to like allow myself to just like think about what that race would be like if I was in it and one, because it's so competitive that like even this year, like was the first final in a couple years I didn't make and that was really mm-hmm. tough, but it, it's just that competitive. Like you can be somebody who's been like, conti- like making like, these finals year after year. And then all of a sudden, like you just don't. And it's like, mm-hmm. sh- it's very shocking, but like mm-hmm. it's not because everyone's so fast that it's like, well, yeah, if you have like a slightly off day, you're not going to make that final. Mm-hmm. So that was really hard, but yeah, I've been trying to like, just envision it while like, it's like very far away still mm-hmm. and I and I don't have to like really, really think about like how I want to execute it or tactically, like anything like that. I just can like think about it and come to terms with like what it will feel like and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I feel like, yeah, that makes me feel like so excited for a race like that. Mm-hmm. Like I just mm-hmm. want to go out there and like see, like I want to know if I can do what I'm trying to do or not. Um and I feel like people, like, even after this past USA's posted afterwards and were like, you know, there's only three people after this meet who aren't posting, like, a sad post right now. Mm. <laughs> and it's true. Like, there's only three people who get to yeah. walk away, like, content and accept- mm-hmm. happy with, like, what happened. The rest of us have... or. The rest of the people <laughs> have to walk away like with their head down. Like mm-hmm. even if you gave it your best, like you're sad because what you wanted to accomplish like didn't happen. So mm-hmm. um yeah, it's just it's it's tough and but yeah, I I feel like I'm gonna do a lot of um I feel like physically I've I'm doing a lot of preparations right now mm-hmm. to be at my best at that point in time and then hopefully that will help me mentally feel prepared as well. Yeah. Well, that, um, that's a good kind of segue because I definitely wanted to just kind of chat a little bit about like, you know, indoors is kind of starting to get rolling a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so how, you know, how has training kind of been going? Um, you know, where are you at with that right now? And, um, you know, things like that. Training has been going. Mm-hmm. I have been working out for a really long time at this point like I want I don't even know when I started I ended my season a little earlier this year than I did Mm -hmm. last year um and I think that that was the right choice things just weren't going the way I wanted um and I like kept like putting myself back out there and trying and trying and trying again but it just like something wasn't clicking it wasn't happening and And it was just, like, exhausting trying to do it like that. Mm -hmm. So I just ended my season and, like, had a nice refresh and started back training nice and early. And I feel like that already is showing me, like, everything I did wrong last year. Um, Mm. Last year was definitely, like, a huge year for me. But then I got done racing. I think my last race was fifth app. So it was, like, early, mid-September. Um took my break so by the time I took my break and stuff like that it's already almost October Mm -hmm. and then I ended up getting my tonsils out um, because yeah I kept getting sick last year and every time I'd go to the doctor they'd be like you need to get your tonsils out you need to get your tonsils out so I like made the choice to do that but that really delayed my training even Mm -hmm. further so I really didn't start working out until like early December of last Mm -hmm. year and my coach and I knew going into the year, like he was like, if you want to get your tonsils out, that's fine. <clears throat> and I think it will pay off, pay de- dividends like in the future if mm-hmm. you're going to get sick less. But he was like, but you just might not be like in the shape you want to be in for mm-hmm. indoors or you, you might not run indoors or yada, yada. And I was, I was just like, yes, yes. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Went, got it done. And then, of course, like all of that comes and goes and I forget about it. And then we're in the thick of indoors and I'm like wanting to do all these things and he's like i told you going into this like right. you wouldn't be ready and i just like i'm very stubborn i was just like i can do it i don't care so i was just like kind of like disregarding the fact that we like really delayed my training because of mm. that and i'm not trying to make excuses like i i know people are always dealing with all sorts of things so it's like mm-hmm. it happens um but i was still going to try my best put my best foot forward 
Um, I did pretty well. I got second at Indoor USA's last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of the year, it was just like something just fell off. And I think it was just the fact that, I mean, there was a lot going on, but I think also just not having that base training in the fall really mm-hmm. took a bigger mm-hmm. toll on me than we thought. And so now I've been training since September and like at this point last year, I had only been training for a month and now I'm mm-hmm. like, I've been training for like so long. I like can't mm-hmm. wait to get back on the track. Like last year, it felt like I had just gotten done racing and I'm already racing again. And now I've I've just had like the time I've needed to like mm-hmm. start fresh and like I I think I'm doing like my highest mileage I've ever done up to this point. Um, I've been doing these 14 mile long runs, which is really far for me. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Consistently, yeah. so I'm like really excited about all that because I think. Even though I don't necessarily focus on the 1500, I think that that kind of training does suit me well um, mm-hmm. for my eight as well. And last year, I think that just wasn't possible because mm-hmm. of when I started running. So, um, yeah, I think I'm excited about my season coming up mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I'm going to run fast, but <laughs> either way, everything is. The only thing that matters is like June and, and long, that's long when term I want to be running and, fast. Yeah. yeah. So, so do, you, do you know when you're opening up yet racing wise? So or? I'm planning on opening up on the 20th. Mm-hmm. I think there's a few um, college meets, like small mm-hmm. college meets around where I am. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we're planning on just hopping into one of those just to mm-hmm. like Bust some rust. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And especially yeah. while like the stakes are very low, like if it's a really small meet, I can just like go out there and just run as hard as I can, see what I can do. And then I think the following week would be Dr. Sanders and then the ball will okay. just be rolling. So yeah, I think okay. that would be a good, nice little introductory race to start off. Are there with. plans to um to come to Milrose? I know the local the yes. local people want to see want to see. I know Dr. Sanders <laughs> is here too, but um yes. is there plans that for Milrose? Okay. Plan. Yeah, I should be at Milrose as well. Um I think that's February 11th. I think weekend. so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I should be up there. Everyone should come watch. It's a really fun meet. I don't even know what event I would be in, but I'm yeah. pretty sure I'll be there. So. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that would be awesome. So. Yeah. Um So I got a couple more questions before we let you go. I have a couple of listener questions, a couple like fast lightning round questions that were influenced by uh, your former teammates. Um, (laughs) But the last question that that I have uh, that the people want to know is your iconic bun. (laughs) What's, what's What's the story? It's your signature. Um, you know, how did it originate? Is it an only a racing thing? Um, so what's what's the story? So it's funny you ask. Everyone wants to know the story about the bun, <laughs> and there just isn't one. Like I have just always wore my hair like that, and I thought mm-hmm. everyone else did too. I know I'm not the first person to wear a messy bun, but I think maybe mine's just like bigger or a little higher than the usual. <laughs> <laughs> Bun, but um, no, like, I mean, even when I played soccer and stuff, I feel like I always wore my hair in a bun. I don't know mm-hmm. when I started doing that, but I have very, like, I have a lot of hair and my hair is very big. So I feel like maybe that's why I started wearing it like that, which is because, like, it would get off of my face, get off of my neck, and, like, right. kind of away from me. Like, I'm just like, right. <laughs> so I feel like that's why, but a lot of times, like, and I always tell people this. I'm like, I usually am trying not to wear in a bun. Like, I feel like that's a very lazy thing to do. Everyone else is out there with these, like, braids cute and stuff. braids and, like, <laughs> braid into a ponytail with another braid. And, and I'm like, I, like, I mean, I'm not a great braider, so I usually don't go that route. But, like, I usually try to, like, do something nice with my hair, make it look like I put in some effort. And then the second <laughs> I start warming up, I'm like, no, absolutely not. It's going up. It, it's just already bothering me. And so I just feel, like, the most comfortable with it up right. there. One less but thing to I worry have... about on race day. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but I do feel like I feel like my – like, sometimes I'll have it in, like, a low ponytail or something like that. And I just, like, don't feel like my, like, 
best self. Like I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm me when my hair is up high and it's like right. really. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't really know what it started, but it's just, it's, it's here to say. I'm sure That's I'll funny. never stop doing it, but, it's, but uh, no, I don't only do it for races either. It's like, okay. you can ask anyone I've ever lived with. Like my hair is usually in a bun. In a bun. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's iconic at this point. Thank it's very you. iconic. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we got a couple of listener <laughs> questions. So uh, we had a few submitted uh, through Instagram. Um, okay. So uh, I would say none are super serious. Um, but um, a former teammate of yours, uh, their coach, so uh, okay. our guy Danny Rapp from Mammoth Regional, he yeah. asked, uh, what was it like to run in the shadows of the great Megan Lindstrom uh, while you were at Mammoth <laughs> University? Um, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. She's a hard person to live up to. Yeah. That girl. And she's got great humor. It's like, oh, yeah. She's just the full package. Right. <laughs> so, for those people that don't know, Meg works with us at the shop. So, her and Ellie go way back. So, um, so uh, our, our guy, uh, Alex Arsland, he submitted a question through Instagram. Okay. So, we were talking about your hair before. He, uh, he was interested to know what conditioner you use. Um, because he said that your hair is, uh, the fire emoji. So any, any, um, any suggestions or any, uh, Aww. routine? <laughs> well, that's very nice. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm kind of like, I feel like I learned about this in school, people who are like loyal to one brand or like mm -hmm. the people who jump around and how it like is different personality traits. I'm very much the person who jumps around. I'm not loyal to any conditioner or any shampoo right. company. So <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I kind of like those, like, I think they're L'Oreal pure ones. They have like okay. all, they're like purple bottles in all different color lids. <laughs> um, I like those and they smell really good. I feel like smell is what I care mm, about. So mm -hmm. if it smells good. That's what I'm putting on my head for right, sure. Right. <laughs> it's too funny. <laughs> Uh, so the last listener question. So um, Kyle Johnson one zero one four on Instagram said, "What's your pre race meal and how good uh, are your cooking skills?" And I actually I did uh, click on their profile. It looks like their cooking skills are really good. So oh. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so what's your go to pre race and are you cooking much for yourself or is it just you know what what's the skills there in the kitchen? So my pre-race meal, I don't know. I assume you're meaning dinner, like the night before. I don't know. I would think so. I could go yeah. like, into whatever. But yeah. um, typically I like to eat like salmon um, and like rice and a veggie. Like if I was at home, that's what I would make. Mm -hmm. Um but when obviously you're traveling and you're at a meet, it's hard to always find like exactly what you're looking for. So any like moderation of that like even if it's like a salad with salmon and like i'll have bread with it um mm -hmm. just something that's like balanced and i try to keep it light like i was always told my whole life like carbo load eat pasta mm -hmm. and then i hit a point where i was like i ran the 800 like yeah. i don't think yeah. i need a Not carbo load it's, it's yeah. a two minute <laughs> race <laughs> So and I'm I'm not into science. So I don't know how that works. Maybe I do need a carbo load, but I'm like I don't know if I, if you even get to those like carbs in that know. small yes. amount of time. But um, that energy. But yeah, I have found that that's what makes me feel the best. But I have gotten as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little more like experimental with things. Like mm -hmm. just because of, like circumstance, sometimes you just like have no other choice but to eat at like somewhere that you like would never even think mm -hmm. of like a yep. um so i've had like burgers before a race which i wouldn't necessarily recommend but mm. i have i've had really good workouts after eating burgers the night before <laughs> so i like feel like it should be the same for a race as well um but I've tried to like let myself because sometimes i feel like so like i have to eat the same mm -hmm. thing or else but it's like Things happen and it always doesn't work out that way. So you have to be flexible mm -hmm. and willing to just like do what you can and pick the best option of what you, you've mm -hmm. got really. Um, but yeah, that's normally what I try to eat before a race. Um, mm -hmm. And then my cooking skills could be better. I'm working <laughs> on it. I, I don't love cooking, mm -hmm. but 
I know it's like important and I want to be like really good at it. So I'm very much the type of person who like needs directions. Like I have a bunch mm. of cookbooks and I need to like verbatim, like do everything they say. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, like I'll be so worried it's going to be bad. It goes and off the so- rails. Yeah, so it kind of stresses me out cooking because every time I cook anything, I like have to go get every single ingredient and I have mm-hmm. to measure everything out. Whereas, like, I know other people are way, like way more laid back about it and like confident, just like sprinkling things in. Right. But <laughs> like when I'm home, my sister is actually a really good chef, and like you know, sometimes it'll be like add salt and pepper, but it like, doesn't mm. say how much. Like, mm. there's to taste. nothing. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. don't yeah. say that. Like, tell me how much. So I'll just give it to my sister, and I'll be like, can you put the salt in the soup? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right now. Right. <laughs> it didn't give me a measurement. So I like, I enjoy like the satisfaction of after you cook something when it's really good and like you, you can be proud of yourself. But I feel like it's like so much energy and effort mm. for me to do that that sometimes it's just not worth it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, um, all right. So before we kind of wrap up, a couple uh, either or questions uh, that okay. we came up for you. A little bit New Jersey, a little bit PA influenced, um, but... Uh, <laughs> Not too hard hitting, obviously. Okay. Um, all right. So, Monmouth University, if you're having dinner, student center or dining hall? Ooh, dining hall. Okay. Student center was terrible when I was there. So, I was I had to ask Dana, I was like, is that actually an option? But yeah, she gave me the rundown. It but, did get better. Um, but then, like, the dining hall had, like, sushi and stuff by the time. Oh, wow. Like, they Changed a lot since I was there. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> all right, Rook or Starbucks? Rook, all mm-hmm. day. Sure. Not even yeah, a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, running on the boardwalk or the PA trails? Boardwalk. Okay, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> outdoors or indoors track? This is tricky. I used to always <laughs> say indoors, but recently I've had a change of heart, so... <sighs> There's something about indoors that's really fun, but I have to pick mm. outdoors. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These um, are hard-hitting questions. They are hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so final one. This might be okay. tough. Uh, and then Uh-oh. I have a question that's a bit of a curveball. But okay. um, if you had the opportunity, world record or gold medal? Or you do have the opportunity. I shouldn't even say Ooh. if. You do have the opportunity. World record or gold medal? Gold medal. That one's I, easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that stays forever. Right? Exactly. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. I can um, pa- paste it on my wall. <laughs> right. Uh, safe and secure uh, on yes. your wall. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So before we let you go, um, I have one last question that we ask okay. all of our guests. You can take some time to think about it. Okay. Um, obviously, us being a, a running store. Um, if you had the opportunity to name a shoe after yourself, what would it be and why? Ooh. It's a deep question. <laughs> it's so a little bit of a curveball. Yeah, like like you're creating it from scratch. You're the you're oh. the, the product line manager. Okay, you, I'm it, inventing you know, my own shoe. You're inventing your own shoe. It could be a spike, it could be a trainer. But the name of what you're going to call it. Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I guess I'm going to have to just make my own middle distance spike. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be fast. It's going to be what everyone wants. And it's going to be beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be called the alley-oop, obviously. Okay. All right. (laughs) Because we're... We're going to coin that as our own term and make it a running reference instead of a basketball reference. I love it. I love it. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's going to be my shoe. And everyone, <laughs> you should go buy it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, all righty. So, um, on our way out here, um, you know, before we bounce, is there anything that um, that you want the people to know or anything that, that, uh, that you want to say? open forum um, i don't <laughs> think so this was fun though i feel like we hit a lot of different topics. a lot of different topics right yeah no, this was great um, 
Yeah, but I guess, no, I, I don't have, I'm a loss for words. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. Just so taken away by this interview. Yeah, uh, yeah right. <laughs> All righty. Well, Allie, thank you so, so much um, for your time. Um, we're huge fans here of, of you ever since your days at Monmouth, and it's been awesome to to see you blossom into the, uh, the professional that you've become. So um, we're going to be rooting for you, you know, all year um, <laughs> on the road to Paris. Um, yes. And again, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Bye, Definitely. everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Alrighty guys, so there you have it, our conversation with the one and only Allie Wilson. We want to thank Allie again for her time this morning. We really do appreciate it. If you want to follow along with her and her journey, you can find her on Instagram. It's just at Allie underscore oop nine. So A-L-L-I-E underscore O-O-P nine. We want to wish Allie the best of luck with the upcoming indoor and outdoor season. You have a lot of fans here in Jersey that are going to be rooting you along on that road to the Olympic trials in Paris this summer. So before we sign off, guys, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with family and friends, and let's keep the momentum rolling. Until next time, this has been another episode of What's Inside the Box presented by Runners High. Thanks, y'all. We will catch up with you next week.